good? Woo! Man, let's give Jesus some praise. Can you just give our Lord, our Savior some praise? He's worthy. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate you doing that. Man, it's, I just want you guys to know it is a blast to be the campus pastor here at the Pellissippi campus. Many of you don't know that Candace and I, our family, we have five kids, that we were here for 10 years and then pastor sent us over to North Knox to start a work there. And then last October, which will, it'll be one, it'll actually be one in about a week. It'll be one year since we left North Knox and came back here. What an honor it is to serve with you guys. I'm telling you, I love my folks in North Knox, but you guys are the best. Come on. Y'all are the best. Yeah. It's good to be back home to our home campus. Thank you. I want to thank Pastor Zach for the opportunity to speak today. And he actually, he's opening it up for all of our campus pastors to speak at their home campus today. Man, what an honor it is. And, and I just want to tell you guys, I, I've been able to walk Pastor Chris for a lot of years and now under, under Pastor Zach's leadership. And what an honor. I really believe that, man, that what's going to happen in the years to come is just going to be a powerful move of God. And I'm so thrilled to walk under Pastor Zach's leadership. We're right in the middle of a, actually we're at the end of a series called Revival Town. If you missed any of those messages, maybe you weren't here or you're, you're new here, I encourage you to go online and check those out. There was a theme scripture that went with it, Second Chronicles, or it goes with it, Second Chronicles 7, 14. I encourage you to memorize this scripture, but not just to memorize it, but to do it, walk it out, amen? And it says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's the sign that we're going to be talking about today. Turn from their wicked ways and I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. How many of you are Jesus followers in the room? Huh? Come on. Yeah, love it, love it, love it, love it. When it says, if my people who are called by my name, everybody say, that is me. That's right. It is you. That's right. It says if we'll humble ourselves and pray and seek my face, seek the face of God, if we'll turn from any area of our life that separates us from God, God says he'll hear from heaven and he'll heal our land. I love two weeks ago when Pastor Zach was talking about the businessman's revival and he got literally got down on his face. He gave an example of what they did, how that just ordinary men and women of God, just, just like you, they just humble themselves. And they began to pray for their nation and pray for their land, pray for their families. Ask God to revive them personally. And they did a U-turn, man, and God moved. And it was one of the greatest revivals. It's why he was preaching on it. Incredible move of God. Hey, I believe that we need a move of God in our nation right now. Amen? In our community. But you know what? I believe we need a move of God right here this morning in each and every one of our lives as well. Let's pray. God, we just come before you. If you, want to, if you want to open your hand to God, it's up to you. But God, we come before you right now with open hands. Lord, we just want to receive from you. Holy Spirit, would you move in power and might here? Would you have your way? Lord, you said if Jesus' name is glorified, if you be lifted up, that you'll draw all men unto yourself. God, we just pray today that you'll gently speak to each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, we just surrender to you. Would you change us? Would you transform us? Would you make us the men and women of God that you want us to be? And we thank you in Jesus' name. And all the people that agreed said, amen, amen. Hey, today we're going to be talking about three, three types of confession that have historically marked revival or happened in revival. And the first one is that we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior 
And then we go public through baptism, right? Through water baptism. The second one is that we confess our sins to God for relational intimacy with God. And the third one is that we confess our sins to each other for healing. We confess our sins to each other for healing. There'll be opportunities even during the service day for you to possibly step into one or all three of those confessions. We've been talking about revival, so I want to share about one that happened around 1900. It was in China. It was called the Manchurian Revival. Jonathan and Rosalind go forth. Jonathan was kind of the father of that revival, but they had been missionaries in, in China for decades, and they were discouraged. They, things just weren't going well. As a matter of fact, a revolution, a bo- it's called a Boxer Rebellion, it rose up and it led to people, what happened, animosity toward foreigners, Right? animosity toward uh, the colonial movement, animosity toward Christians. And what happened is people's houses were being burned. Christians were being martyred, being killed, Chinese Christians. The missionaries that served there, thousands of missionaries were killed and churches were burned. So it wasn't a great time to be a missionary in China back in 1900. As the Force were trying to flee when they were being sought, trying to be killed, Jonathan was actually struck over the head with a sword. He was wearing a helmet, and and history says that his helmet was split in two. It dented his head so bad that the doctors said it was a miracle that he even lived. Eight years later, Jonathan and Rosalind loaded up up, went back to China, and they returned to the northeast Manchuria region. Uh, The church was in bad shape. It It was in danger of just dissolving. The Christian church in China was just falling apart. They began to pray. And this revival was marked by prayer as as are most revivals. Marked by people, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, humbling themselves before God and praying, crying out to God on behalf of other people and themselves. But Jonathan preached a sermon. And then that night, one of his elders that was in the room went home and he couldn't sleep. He was plagued by guilt The next night they gathered together, they had another prayer gathering. And in that prayer gathering, that church elder who couldn't sleep, he stood up and he openly confessed out loud to everyone that he had been stealing money from the church, he had been embezzling money from the church. Then something incredible happened. Another person stood up and started confessing. Then another, and then another. One of the leaders of the church stood up And he confessed to adultery. And he confessed to them that he had actually tried to have his wife murdered. Let me tell you, it's gotten bad in the church when that's happening. And he begged God for forgiveness. The church there in Manchuria, they gathered around those who were confessing. And they began to cry out to God as these men and women were begging God for forgiveness. They were broken. And they begging God for forgiveness. The church started praying for them. And they, they gently restored them back to the place of leadership over time. But with the coolest thing, they began to meet like daily and praying for their nation, praying for the people. And one by one, people who had left, one by one, people started coming to church and people started confessing that first confession. They started confessing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You see, there was a revival that hit China because first they prayed and because God showed up in such a powerful way And when the awe of God, when the fear of God falls upon a nation, man, it just moves things. There was a a guy who saw the revival, and he was very skeptical. His name was Dr. Walter 
Phillips, and this is what he said. He, so he went there. He, he didn't think it was real. He didn't think his revival was real. Here's what he said. He said, the people knelt for prayer, silent at first, but soon one here and then another there. They began to pray aloud. And he said, now I understood or I understand why the, the floor was wet. Guys, he, these, these Christians were on their face before God weeping about themselves and weeping for their nation. He said, then above the sobbing and strained, choking tones, a man began to make a public confession. He said, words of mine will fail to describe the awe and the terror of those confessions. Jonathan Goforth, the father of that revival, said it wasn't because of his great preaching. It's because people prayed. They humbled themselves. And it ushered in the fear, the awe of God. The precious Holy Spirit began touching lives, speaking to people, drawing them to the place of surrender and confession. It was at that place of confession, surrender, surrender that God could heal and set people in China free from the sin that had held them in bondage most of their lives. Guys, over and over, I don't know about you, but in my life, when, it, when I've experienced God, it, it may be in worship, it may be I'm, at, I'm on my back porch with the Bible open, it may be here, maybe wherever, but when I experience God, just like the Manchurian Christians, when the awe of God comes up on me, all I can do is just be overwhelmed by God. Does anybody else experience God that way? That's what happened in China. And it led to open confession. And then that open confession brought about freedom in their life. As they confessed their sins, God forgave them. The relational intimacy between them and God was restored. It brought revival in their life. Then it brought revival in their church and in their region, and it became one of the greatest revivals to hit China ever. And it started with people humbling themselves and praying. It reminds me of Isaiah Isaiah was a prophet of God. In Isaiah chapter 6, we read about when he had an encounter with God. He had a vision. He saw God. And Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, little angelic, angelic beings, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their face. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth, the whole earth is full of his glory. Can you imagine? I mean, multiple seraphim flying around the throne room of God, crying out to God. And Isaiah said at the, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook in the temple. And it was filled with smoke. You see, like the Manchurian Christians in China, Isaiah experienced God. The presence of God just overwhelmed him and led him to do a U-turn. In fact, let's read verse 5. It says, this was Isaiah's response. He said, woe to me. I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You see, when God's presence shows up, all we can do is just, Go low. Isaiah was overwhelmed, overwhelmed by, by his sinfulness in light of God. And I want to remind you guys, Isaiah was a prophet at, at that time. He was already serving God. He was already walking with God, but he was overwhelmed. I want to remind you, the Manchurian Christians, 
There were elders or pastors that stood up and confessed things because they were overwhelmed when they were in the presence of God. It led to open confession. Then one of the seraphim flew over to me with the live co. I love this, what God's response was to Isaiah. When he, once he confessed his sin, the, the seraphim flew over, got a coal out of the fire, out of the altar, and he took it and he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips and your guilt is taken away and your sins are atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And Isaiah's response was what? Send me. I want to remind you this prophet of God just moments before was on his face before God saying, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips because he was touched by the fear and the awe of God. But as soon as he made that U-turn, God made provision for his sin. How many of you know God's made provision for our sin through Jesus Christ? Amen. I'm telling you, God wants that to be our response, our heart to quickly come and fall on our face before him. They realized their need for, the Manchurian church realized their need for healing, for forgiveness and healing. If the idea of confession, if it, if it kind of uh, it makes you feel a little uncomfortable, well, it does me too. It does me too. But confessions in the word of God, confession is not something that we run from, but it's something that we run what? To. We run to. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, to boldly approach the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. I've learned to embrace it and practice it all the time in my life. When, I, when I'm harsh with my children, I've had to go back to them and ask them to forgive me. When I'm very insensitive to my wife and I'm harsh with her, sometimes the next morning as I'm reading my Bible, the Holy Spirit will just prick my heart and I'll go and apologize to her and confess. See, the God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I'll never forget the night that God woke me up. I was a grown man. I, was, I had kids. I was a pastor in Kingsport. But God woke me up in a terror, in a panic. I can't describe to you how I felt. Just a, a fear. And two people came to my mind, Joe and Kevin. You see, as a kid, Joe, an older teenager, when I was in the third grade, he tried to sexually assault me at my house. Kevin, when I was in elementary school, we were K-8 school. Yeah, I grew up in the country, out in the county school. And Kevin bullied me in a way. I, I don't have time to tell you today, but, but he bullied me. I woke up that night in a panic. And all that I can tell you is that I was overwhelmed. And I realized that God wanted me to forgive them. I didn't even realize I'd held any unforgiveness toward them, but I, I did. I forgave them. I, I confessed it. Candace, I confessed it to Candace and, and to God. And I released it. I let it go. Then I had to ask God to forgive me. And some of you are like, well, why would you have to ask God to forgive you? Because this, Jesus said, if you can't forgive others, that he can't, the Father can't forgive us of our sins. We've got to let it go. I'll get, remember Jesus on the cross? What was his response when they, when they tortured him, beat him, nailed him on a, on a cross, spit in his face, plucked out his beard? He's God Almighty. He could have stopped it at any moment. What was Jesus' response? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Is there any unforgiveness in your heart? Any unforgiveness in your heart? Okay, I want to share a story that's, that's not 
so spiritual, okay? A week and a half ago, my daughter Whitney was in town from Costa Rica. She's married uh, to Marco. They live in Costa Rica. They have two kids. Whitney was in town with her youngest daughter, Ellie. And anytime my daughter comes in town, which is only like once a year, or once every two years, man, we, we as a family try to gather as much as we can. So we're at Michael's house, one of my boys' house, grown. He's got several kids. And we're at his house having dinner. And while we were there, by the way, when we gather, it's just, it's kind of chaotic. We have, we have five kids and all but one's married. Y'all can be praying for that one. Amen. Come on, agreeing with me. But we have five adult kids, their spouses. And at that time, there were seven grandkids in the room. Crazy, crazy. When one of Michael's twins, he has identical twin boys. They are four years old. Wesley decided to go get his Spidey Man outfit. And he brought it out to the living room. We're all out there. And Wesley decides he's going to put on a Spider-Man outfit. It's a onesie. So he takes off all his clothes except for his underwear. I love it. There's little girls in the room. Mom, I mean, it's just it's hilarious. And he puts on his onesie. Well, Roman, his brother, his identical twin brother, is like, I'm going to get my Spider-Man outfit. So he ran to his room, brought it out there. And Roman, when he puts on his Spider-Man outfit, there ain't nothing coming between him and Spider-Man. So he's stripped down naked. I'm talking going commando right there in the living room in front of everybody. I'm sitting on the couch and I'm just I'm just laughing. It's just crazy what's going on in front of me. But then my my little granddaughter, Avery, Ashley's Ashley and James' daughter, she's five. She comes over and sits on the couch before me. She taps me on the shoulder and she says, Papu. That's what they call me. I said, What, Avery? She said, I saw his butt. Oh my gosh, I just lost it. I started, started laughing and I finally got myself under control and I looked at her and I said, Avery, I said, you should not be looking at his butt. And without batting an eye, without any, she just, she's looked at me and she said, well, I did. <laughs> I love the innocence of Avery, just open confession, man. I love the innocence of Roman West coming in there and just stripping down in front of everybody. They care less. It's just innocent. How many of you know Jesus said that we must become like a child to inherit the kingdom of God? I'm not encouraging anyone in here to strip down naked, okay? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Husband and wives, well, maybe that's an option, okay? I tell my wife that all the time. She doesn't buy it. But anyway, here we go. But it reminds me of Adam and Eve, how they were naked and unashamed, and God's original intent to walk with Adam and Eve and have a relationship with them. How many of you know that's, that's what God wants for us? have a relationship with us. I want to remind you, God created everything. And on day six, day one through five, at the end of day one, two, three, four, five, at the end of each day, he said, it is good what he created. But at the end of day six, and day six is when he created man, God said, it is very good. Man, woman of God, I want you to understand, God created you for a purpose. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. You're the only thing in all of his creation that's created in his image. But we know what happened. Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. They chose to listen to the lies of Satan. What was the lie of Satan? Did God really say? How many of you, when it comes to so many things in our society, the word of God says differently than what is going on in our society and you're questioning which one you should believe. Did God really say? If you want to walk in the freedom and the innocence that God wants you to walk in a relationship with Him, 
that relational intimacy. When we've got to quit listening to the lies of the world of Satan and follow what God says in his word. Amen? Amen. Sin came upon the earth, and the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. Everybody say all. all. That means all of us are at the same place in the eyes of God. We've all blown it. Come on. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It started with Adam and Eve, and I love what Romans 6.23 says. Well, I don't love it, but this is what it says. It says, for the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death. And that death it's referring to is talking about separation from God. When Adam and Eve sinned, if you took their pulse, they still had a pulse. They were still breathing. They were still alive. That separation, that death is being separated from God. It's a barrier that came between us and our Heavenly Father. And it set in motion the curse of sin. You wonder why sickness happens. You wonder why disease happens. You wonder why my son died at birth. I'm telling you, it's because of the curse of sin. And our Lord sent his best in Jesus Christ. In fact, the good news about it is, is that all through the Bible, even, in, the, even in, in Genesis, when they first sinned, all through this word, it's a love story of a God who wants a relationship with his people, who loves his people. And he would do anything, even send his own son to die, that he could call us back into relationship with him. It's all through the word of God. That's what this word's about. And in John 3, 16, it sums it up pretty good. It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. I told you today, if we're going to have experience revival in our own personal lives, in our family, in our community, in our church, it starts with confession. The first confession is confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and go public through water baptism. For me, it happened in the seventh grade. I was in a room similar to this, large gathering. I was with a bunch of people. I cared more about what they thought than anything else. But that morning, I heard the gospel for the first time. I heard I knew about Jesus. My parents took me to church some, but I didn't know it. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand that my sin separates me from having a relationship with God because he's a holy God and I will never measure up. You will never measure up to having and being right standing with God because of our sin. And he's a perfect, holy God. The only thing only thing that can make you in right standing with God is the sacrifice that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came. He laid his life down on that wooden cross and he bore our sins. As a matter of fact, do you know in the book of Isaiah, the Bible says it pleased God to place the sins of mankind up on his son. It pleased him to crush his son. Y'all are like, well, that's weird. No, it's not because he loves you. He loves me that much that nothing would separate God from being able to be reunited with his people. But so many of us won't receive the free gift of Jesus Christ. We hear it. We, we experience, we maybe go to church. Well, I've got news for you. I went to Bob Jangles this morning, got, got a biscuit. That does not make me a biscuit. Just because I went there and went through a drive-thru. Just because you come to church doesn't make you a Christian. A follower of Jesus. And I'm telling you that night, that day when I heard the gospel, when I heard that God loved me, when I heard that I was separated from God in my sin and that there's a hell and it's real, 
They didn't have to tell me that. I already knew that I was separated from God. But I went forward, man, and I publicly confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Romans 10 says, if you'll do that, you'll be saved. So this morning, I want to ask you to go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. If you've never asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I want you to join with us as we pray as a church family. Let's pray together out loud. Say, dear Lord, God, forgive me of my sin. God, I want Jesus. I want a relationship with you, God. I know you love me, and I want to experience that love right now. So make me clean. Make me a new creation in you, Lord. With every head still bowed and every eye still closed, if you just pray and ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up. Our team has a card that they're going to bring you. Raise it up. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Raise a hand up high. They're going to bring a card to you. Thank you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing right now in our midst, and we celebrate it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God praise. He's good. Yeah. Amen. At the birth of the New Testament church, when the church first began, if you read in Acts chapter 2, you find that Peter stood up and preached a sermon, and at the end of that sermon, people were blown away, man. They were like, what must we do? And he said, repent and turn to Jesus. And they did. And the Bible says 3,000 was added to their, their number that day. They were baptized. You see, they went, they went public through baptism. When you go through the waters of baptism, you're saying to God, I belong to you. And you're doing it in front of your church family. So I want to ask you, are you ready to be baptized? Because today, we've got everything ready for you. We've got shorts. We've got shirts. We've got towels. We've got everything that you need. And I promise you, on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached, those people didn't get up that morning and say, hey, I think I'm going to go hear Peter preach a message and I'm going to give my life to Jesus and I'm going to get baptized. Not a single one of them thought that was going to happen. And I dare to say there's some people in the room today, you didn't come with the thought that you're going to get baptized, but maybe you've never obeyed God in that. What's holding you back? Is it pride? Is it fear? I don't know. But if you've never been baptized and you've made Christ your Lord and Savior, today's the day. If you just prayed today, today's the day. Or maybe you prayed a long time ago. You're a little bitty kid. I talked to somebody in the lobby a minute ago, and they told me, I'm getting baptized today. And I was like, whoa, I was celebrating. And they said, I prayed when I was a little kid, and I didn't get it. But I do now. Maybe that's you. So would you? I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet. If you're ready to be baptized, I'm going to ask you to slide out and go to the back. Go to the tables in the lobby. We have a team out there that's going to meet you real quick. We're going to get you ready. We'll take care of everything. And if you're a little afraid and you want somebody to go with you, that's fine. Have them go with you. But I want to challenge you. Let's take a step of faith and let's go and be baptized this morning. So on the count of three, ready? One. Come on, count with me. One, two, three. Would you stand up on your feet? Everybody, everybody stand up. Let's worship God. Let's put our hands together. If you're ready to be baptized, slide out and go to the back. we got a team that's going to meet you there. And let's obey God through water baptism. Amen, amen, amen. God is good. Thank you. Thank you. For those in the room, for those that are in the room, I'm going to ask you to remain standing for just a minute. James, the half-brother of Jesus, he was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. And he asked us to consider a couple questions 
In James chapter 5, it says, anyone among you in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone, anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith offered in faith will heal the sick person and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. And there may be somebody in the room today, you need, you need somebody to pray over you for healing. And we're going to be up front. We've got anointing oil. We'd love to pray over you. But James, the last verse in that chapter 5 says this, Therefore, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I want to finish with this. I gave my life to Christ in the seventh grade and I was baptized the following Wednesday. And I walked with God for years. I used to even leave Bible studies in my house in middle school and early high school. But when I hit the end of my high school years, I was a big football star. Well, at least in my mind I was. I wasn't that good. I had a little girlfriend and I thought that I knew better than God. I thought I could trust me more than God. So I chose to go my own way. I chose to go the way of my friends and the party scene. Just totally quit going to church. Totally quit reading the Bible and serving God. Walking with the Lord. I thought if I could just get that right girl and be in a relationship with her and all that, all that goes with that, I'm not going to go into detail on that, that I could find satisfaction. And you know, I went all the way through college still pursuing that. I'll never forget the girl I was dating. I told her, I said, I need to get my life right with God. You know why I said that to her? Because I'd go back to my dorm room after being partying down to the strip at UT and just messed up. Go back to my dorm room and I'd be laying in my bed and the Spirit of God would not leave me alone. He would draw me to the place. And I couldn't stand it. So I started telling her about it. And she told me, she said, I don't even know what that means. You need to go figure that out. And I did. We broke up. We quit sleeping together apart from marriage. We quit dating. And I repented of my sins. And I was restored to the Lord, that relational intimacy. And I've never looked back. I've never looked back. And God brought that little girl back into my life. She gave her life to Christ. And the Lord spoke a word over me, Psalms 37, 4. Micah, will you delight yourself in me? I'll give you the desires of your heart. Some of you in the room, you've got a trust issue with God. You believe in God. And some of you have even given your life to Christ. And you're, you're his son. You're his daughter. It's like I was when I was younger. But you've got a trust issue with the Lord God Almighty. Maybe you need to mean business and go with one of these crosses or come up front and get on your face before God. Maybe you need to stay in your seat. I don't know. Maybe you need to come forward and you need to confess your sins. That's what I did. I went forward at a church service and I publicly confessed what I'd been doing. And God set me free and I've never looked back. So we're going to worship some more. And maybe you need to respond to these worship songs. And we're going to celebrate some baptisms, hopefully. But during this next little session, we have prayer folks up front. Maybe you need to come by yourself and just lay, lay on the all. I don't care. You do what you need to do. But let's mean business with God during this response time. Let's worship our King. Love you guys.